Welcome to 28ish. We're a podcast dedicated to making space for menstrual cycles, cyclical living, divine feminine power, and everything in between. We get into the details of periods, hormones, cycle tracking, feminine business prowess, and every other aspect of being a bleeding person. I'm your host, Carrie McKinnon. I'm a menstruality mentor and the CEM, Chief Executive Menstruator at 28ish. Be sure to check us out at 28ish.com to see our cycle tracking art and feel free to leave us a comment letting us know what cycle day you're on. Thanks for listening and remember, your cycle is more than your period. My guest today is Martine Resnick. Martine is the co-founder of The Lola, where this podcast is recorded. Martine left a successful corporate career when she found herself at a crossroads of motherhood and a search for a space that truly supports women and the many demands that we have on our time, on our brain, and on our bodies. The Lola is an inclusive co-working and women's club built to empower and support entrepreneurs and professional women. That has certainly been the case with me. Martine and her co-founder Eileen Lee believe women are vastly underserved and undersupported, yet remain driven, ambitious, and hungry to find and redefine their success. I loved this conversation with Martine and want to thank her again for being such an early supporter of 28ish and the mission we are on to connect women and people that bleed with the powers in every part of their menstrual cycle. Let's do this. Hello, Martine. Hey, Carrie, how are you? I'm so good and so excited to be speaking to you today. Welcome to the show. Thank you. No, I'm excited too. I um, This is a topic that is new in my life, but I feel like is an important one and I'm excited to dig in. Yeah, I'm really particularly excited to speak to you because you've been an early supporter of 28ish and of me personally. And um, yeah, the Lola has been a very safe space for me in developing this concept. It's obviously a safe space where I come to even record this podcast. So I want to thank you for that. And um, <laughs> yeah, I'm absolutely thrilled to have you here. <laughs> Yeah, no, of course. Yeah, super fan. And um, yes, I'm glad that you're in our podcast studio right now. This is exciting to to have you there. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and where you're at now? Yes. So, um, well, I'm Martine Resnick, as you guys know. I am um, in my 40s, uh, mid-40s. I'm a mom of two. I'm British-born, but I had lived in the States for 15 years we have been living in Spain for the past year and are planning to move back to Atlanta um, next year um, you know all the crazy stuff with the pandemic and and a chance to bring our kids here was um, really important to us so I'm glad we've been able to do it but um, I'm also missing my crew in Atlanta and the Lola um, I worked in corporate for almost 20 years in media and beauty um, and then I had two kids back to back and um, burnt out really fast and was like, this is broken. I can't do this anymore. Um, I'm, this is not fun. Um, my kids are really important. My work is really important and I wanna do both, but I can't do both here. 
Um, so I quit and um, started the Lola. So we are a women's club, a community, a workspace. We loosely say co-workspace. Um, it's helpful for Google because that's what people are looking for. But actually, when they find us, they realize it's so much more than that. We're um, a community really to help and support women who are ambitious and wanting to grow and succeed, but also don't want to kind of do it in a way that burns them out or fries them out um, and do things that are meaningful to them and are values driven. So we have a 5,000 square foot space in Atlanta um, where people can come, they can co-work in like beautiful open workspaces with like velvet couches and curtains and all the things, mother's room, beauty room, podcast room, um, meeting rooms where you can invite clients and then lots of events. We have a liquor license, so we have a bar. Um, if, you know, so we have all the things. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I love this space. It's one of my happy, happy places, <laughs> not just the podcast studio, but the entire place. <laughs> and I agree that it is much more um, than just a co-working space. It is a wonderful place to come. Um, I find that it's somewhere that I can focus a lot easier outside of the house as someone that works for myself and can work from home very easily. I have an office at home, but um, I really come here to do that kind of heavy lifting and focusing. And also it's such a beautiful space and a great part of town. And so it's really like a flex move <laughs> to be able to schedule meetings here and invite people into it. And yeah, I love it. And not to mention all of the social events and all of the amazing other like female founders that I've met and business women. And yes, it's brought so much yeah. to life. Yeah. Um, well, you I mean, I, and I guess like as well, like for me, and it's interesting because I obviously started the Lola because there was a, a feeling or a need there that I was like, I need my people. I need my ladies that are kind of struggling in the same way. And I need to be able to talk about this. But I think, again, this happened in my like late 30s, early 40s, this realization. And I think as we've built the Lola more and more, I'm like, oh my God, I really need my people. Like you cannot do this without your people. And, and so I think it's been this kind of amazing thing to kind of bring to life, but then also see other people kind of like help each other connect, ask questions, learn, grow. And I'm like, you can't do this without people. Like, wh why, why is no one telling us this the minute we finish high school or graduate college or start a business or go into corporate? Like, you need your people. And I know they talk about networking, but we all know we all kind of hate that word networking because it has so many like terrible connotations and it's always done or it has been done in the past and not the best way in my opinion um so I just want yeah we just you know having friends who are also ambitious driven smart doing the thing is just so awesome yeah and you mentioned something about kind of and you can correct me if I'm wrong but starting this after hitting a point in your life of burnout can you kind of revisit that how that happened for you <laughs> Uh, yeah, sure. So I, um, you know, I mean, I'd always, I'd worked, I'd lived in London, I'd lived in New York, um, I moved to Atlanta. Um, I, I actually went back to the company I was working for because I, I thought I would have good parent work-life balance as we were having kids. And, you know, not for any one thing or pointing fingers or anything like that, but I think the industry was in turmoil, I think. Um, you know, corporate is what corporate is and has its limitations. And I think, um, you know, when you get older and 
whether it's kids or other responsibilities that get piled on, the things keep getting piled on, but there's no give on the other side. So even I have a super supportive husband. Um, I'm, at the time, wasn't we didn't have a lot of family around, but um, we weren't alone and we had resources, but still it's a grind and it wears you down. And, you know, the workplace was designed probably like in the early 20s, 30s for guys. And there was one guy going to work and the mom or, you know, staying at home with the kids and doing the cooking, cleaning, all the other things. And so it was, a te- it was teamwork. The world yeah. has changed. We're now attached to our phones, attached to the internet, both yeah. parents working. It just is a, it's just broken. It's super broken. Yeah. <laughs> it's not built to work for us anymore. No. And I mean, it's, I mean, basic, I mean, I grew up in the UK where you get, I mean, your job is guaranteed for a year after having a kid. Yeah. You don't get paid for a year, but you get paid for a chunk of time. And then the government kicks some stuff in. And, you know, so my expectation, and that's just one frame of reference was you're taking it at least six months, but probably a year with your first kid. And, you know, in the U S no paid leave is guaranteed zero. Yeah. Um, three months is seen as like generous. And I'm like, uh, I don't think so, but yeah, <laughs> if, if you think that great, um, you are not ready to go back to work after three months, you are breastfeeding, exhausted, your hormones are all over the place. I mean, it's like night sweat. I mean, it, all the things. And then you walk into the office and I'm like, I am useless to you. I I don't even know why I'm here. I am useless to you right now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's really, I love it. This happens to me all the time on this podcast where I end up having these conversations I did not expect to have. And just last night I was sitting (laughs) on the couch with my husband. I don't remember what kicked this off, but I said, I wish I could speak to someone that has like raised kids and lived in different countries and could like tell me their perspective (laughs) in the way that I have, because I have a perspective because I've lived in different countries and raised children. And like, I I love my country and I know why I'm back here and I don't want to be anywhere else anymore. (laughs) You know, like I've readjusted, right? But like, I am not buying into that thing that like, this is the best place to do that. And I do, I'm in awe of American women that are able to like, have young children and start businesses. Like, because I know that for me in my entrepreneurial journey, like I had twins and uh, as a single mother started a business, you know, in Africa, like, (laughs) What? How did I do that? Like as a foreign female in a country now, the only, how did I do that is because I had support, you know, and I had the level of support that we do not have here as American women. And I always say, I would not have been able to do it. No way, no how, if I did not have that support and here now my children are teens. And Mm so I'm doing it all over again, right? This entrepreneurial journey, I'm running two businesses now, restarting one and, and, you know, co-founded another that's been kind of going for a few years, but like, it's a struggle still, even with teens, not young kids, you know, like it is a struggle to be an American woman and in, in this, in this life here. Yeah. So teens are no joke. I have friends with like teen queens and I'm like, it is no, it's a different level of 
stuff. It's not the exhaustion kind of burnout you get when they're little, yeah. but, it's, but it's, there's some serious things going on that you have to be present for and deal with. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think trying, I mean, I think about our life pre-pandemic, we would, the kids would be on the bus at like 6.40, 6.45 a.m. and they were pre-K. And then they would, I mean, school finishes at two, but work does not finish at two. So then they would go to aftercare and then we would feel like we were being good parents by picking them up at five, five thirty. That's a long day. That's a long day for anyone. And then it's the dinner, bed, bath, homework cycle. And then you get up and do it all over again. It's like, there's no work. is like this big block at the center of the universe and everything else is supposed to fit around it. And that's just not realistic. Yeah. 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 No, it's, um, that's very true. And then you throw in the mix, the hormonal journey (laughs) 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 that we can all be on. I I mean, at this stage for me, I'm also, you know, I'm in my forties and yeah. So it feels kind of like an unstable (laughs) hormonal journey, like changing hormonal journey. That's not the same cycle as we know it, even though I am still cycling, uh, very regularly. Um, but mm-hmm. my, my peaks and valleys seem ever more extreme <laughs> for me, my experience. You say of that. Them. I've had a lot of, yeah, a lot of friends kind of saying the same thing and then <laughs> not necessarily in perimenopause, but there's, some, there's something going on. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I think that, you know, that that's, that's the forties. I think the forties are that, are that kind of an experience, um, where things Mm kind of get kicked up a notch for us. Um, so yeah. And I mean, I think that that can just amplify a lot of what we're going through and a a lot of that struggle. Mm -hmm. And we bring that with us to, to our work, to our relationships, right. To our, uh, I always say to our boundaries, <laughs> to yeah, our, I know. for everything, right? <laughs> yes. I now really appreciate as women get older, and I and I also look at the 60s, 70s, 80s, and they more and more are like, I really don't give a shit, and you, like <laughs> this is how we am, and this is how it's happening, and they get more and more comfortable in that, and it's so amazing to see, I, and and I get it now. I'm like, oh this is why they're not putting up with all this stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, they've been through this period of complete chaos. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Absolutely. So, so what about you? I mean, like I said before, you were, you know, someone um, in my perspective, when early in the pandemic, when 28 ish really, um, you know, came to me as, um, something that a a calling, right. (laughs) That I knew that Mm -hmm. I had to do. And I had just first come become involved with the Lola and become like an online member because everything was online. And that was such a beautiful, safe space. And, um, yeah, as soon as I was ready, you specifically were like, Carrie, do you want to do something? Like, do you want to give a workshop or like, do you want to share this with us? Like, please, could you share this? Um, and I really appreciated that. And I've always kind of wondered, like, what is it that Martine saw there? Like, why did she want me to do this? And I've always kind of 
uh, known and felt that you had a very special interest in menstrual cycle awareness. So can you tell me where that began for you in your own personal life? You know, this menstrual cycle awareness, how you, when you started to come to it or, and even what's your, even if we take it back further before we get to that as an adult, like where did this start in your life? Did you have mm-hmm. a positive relationship um, with your period, like in, from menarche, you know, from the time you were little, you said you were, uh, you're from the UK. Are you from England specifically? Or mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I know that yeah, that is Yorkshire. Yorkshire. <laughs> okay. All right. I know that like now um, the UK is a, an absolute hotbed leading the way, beautiful place for menstrual cycle awareness. My mentors at the Red School are from there, but I am positive probably that 40 years ago, that was not the case. <laughs> um, I know. And actually when you say that, that cracks me up that's hilarious I love it and I do think in some and and again like you've lived in other places like there's pros and cons and goods and bads and different things everything's a little different but Europe is generally more progressive on some of those things England less so but we have our moments and our certain things um but yes I would say gosh and I'm yeah I will I'll go back to the beginning so yes grew up in England like my um you know preschool, primary school years were in the 80s. My high school years were in the early 90s. So it was a different time. And also the Brits are not exactly known for talking about feelings or private things or personal things. So it's not in our culture period. And it was the, you know, 80s and early 90s. Um, And again, like not that my mom wasn't there present, super awesome, but also she had not had um, a mother figure like in her life and, you know, in, in the way that she needed it when she was little. And I think her mom had similar stuff. She lost her mom when she was 10. So there's a lot of like generational trauma that I think plays into how those kind of things were talked about in our home on top of the cultural stuff and the time and, you know, mm-hmm. in the past. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, I think we never really talked about it. I think I remember running Clearly the school were doing something, but I wouldn't pin them necessarily as progressive either. Um, but I ran out of the school gates and I was kind of like a little out there as a kid. Um, and I was like, man, mom, we talked about periods today in front of all the mums at the school gate. And my mom was visibly dying of embarrassment. And I was like, yeah, this is great. Ah, periods, mom. And I think I was also like reveling in that she was, the more she embarrassed she was, the better this was. So, but I, I think that may have been the last time we spoke about it, wow. um, honestly. And not to say that if I didn't go to her or something, but it was never a sit down. It was never his thing. It was not kind of spoken about. And so I think, you know, for me, periods were very much associated with um, something that kind of happened, but you didn't really talk about, not with your friends, not with your family. Um, you just kind of dealt with it and, and kind of when it happened and whatever. And then the other thing was, is the other thing that I associated it with, I guess, as I got older was, don't you dare get pregnant early. Mm, <laughs> so yeah. it was like, don't you dare. So I was always like, for me, it was like, don't get pregnant, don't get pregnant, don't get pregnant, like all the way through until it was time to get pregnant. And then when you do want to get pregnant, you're like, oh this isn't as easy as you think. <laughs> so, And that was probably the first time I was like, oh, well, I guess I would need to pay a little attention to my period and my cycles because, you know, we have 
two amazing kids, they're eight and 10. We lost the baby in the beginning, which was super, super hard. And then it took another year um, to get pregnant with my first child. So it was definitely more like attention paying then, but I wouldn't say I was tracking it in an app or, or really doing it properly um, or, you know, whatever. So I think it wasn't till then, but even then, after then, I was like not paying attention. And then fast forward, I guess, several years, the pandemic hits mm-hmm. and, you know, we're forced into um, pausing, stopping, being still. And, you know, in the previous five years, I'd had quit my job, been like upset, depressed, whatever, from that crazy job, had two kids, started a business. And then within a year of us starting a business, a pandemic hit. So a lot has kind of happened in those moments. And I think even though I had like the wherewithal to be like, I'm not doing this corporate job anymore. I'm not working like this anymore. This is not aligned with where I am in my life or who I am as a person anymore. But then when you start the business, and I'm not saying it's ever easy because it's always going to be hard and it's always going to be a lot of work, but you take those habits with you. Like I got to grind, I got to hustle, I got to be there, I got to say yes to all the things, I got to do all the things, I got to work all the hours. And you cannot have a successful business unless you do that. And it's there, it's like in your head, other people think it, like it's in the media, you know, there's all these like unicorn company, you know, there's all this stuff saying you got to bust and work. So even when I'd quit and I was in charge of my own calendar schedule I was still falling into all those habits of that's how you work um and the pandemic stopped all that and it immediately instantly we were like wait we got to change everything um and not that we weren't busting and working behind closed doors but it definitely gave everyone like a like oh it is possible to work from home we don't have to be in running around out the house all day, every day. We're not in back-to-back in-person meetings, events, networking, whatever the thing is. How do we do this without doing that? Um, and in that moment, and I'm going to give a shout out to Kate Kordmeyer, who um, has a, a podcast, um, Success with Soul, and she interviewed Kate Northrup about this whole cycle thing. And Kate has a book, um, Do Less. And it's basically not do less. When I read it, I was like, oh no, she's like super A type and super accomplished and all the things. But it's this idea of let's go with our natural cycles and not fight against them. And that for me um, was just, I was like, wait, what? I like couldn't wrap my head around it. Like, I was like, what? Hold on. And then when, and the minute you pay, I paid attention for two or three months it it and I was like oh my god she's right there's a thing here what is this and then I was kind of laughing so I was kind of embarrassed I'm like I'm in my 40s I literally have never tracked my period in fact my husband would say do you think you might be getting your period soon because you're kind of cranky with me right now and I'd be like no 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 and then I'd be like oh, he's right damn it um and so I started tracking it and I started following it and it's inconsistent and I'm not perfect with it and I started talking like I met you and I was like, and, and, I, and you know, it's like when you buy a car and then you see the car in the same color all the time. It's like, I, then I was like, wait, everyone's talking about this. Not everyone, but more people are talking about this. It felt like everyone because I was, you know, like a child that had just discovered a new toy. Um, but 
it yeah it was amazing and I was like huh what and it and it just feeds more into that the world and the workplace is not designed for women not all women cycle and not all women cycle in the same way and we only cycle for a period of time in our lives but even I and, and I, I would like to learn more about this because women that don't get their periods or have gone through menopause or perimenopause like what if because I still imagine there are cycles for those people but I don't know what that looks like and I'm heading into that period of my life too so I probably want to figure that out <laughs> yeah well that's a whole lot um <laughs> and you know the perimenopause and then postmenopausal thing is a separate subject but I can say that the relationship with the cycle is a very important part of heading in to that part of your life and so I think with the work that you've done around your cycle now you'll be well suited to head into that and it's absolutely true I mean you know the earth for example still has you know we have seasons right there are cycles everywhere in our lives we're still and mm -hmm. we are cyclical creatures even if we're not bleeding any longer right and so sure. i know that like for the course that i created for the lola like we talked about the link you know if you're someone that doesn't bleed you can all you can choose to go by lunar cycles right and you can kind of follow yourself as a cyclical person and the importance in that is giving yourself that time to rest and giving yourself that time and that space to show up differently um, yeah. I want to go back for a second to what you said about like the journey of beginning to work for yourself and like going from like the corporate external mindset into like what it's like to be a female founder working for yourself and having to navigate what it looks like to honor yourself in your natural rhythms right? Because we see it all the time yeah. that like, because you can burn yourself out so quickly, if you're not really willing to pay attention, you know, and I worked for mm -hmm. myself for, I'm going to say at least three years before I discovered menstrual cycle awareness, you know, and then, yeah. and it was like a game, like, oh, and it was three years of guilt, right? And like frustration yeah. with myself, because when I worked for myself, what I didn't do any longer, the difference was between working for someone else and working for myself. And again, this was a conversation I was having just last week was like, I didn't white knuckle it through and still show up in the same way. I did give myself room to be different, but I just felt bad about that. Right. So I carried a yeah. certain level of guilt and self-judgment <laughs> that mm -hmm. I wasn't willing to let go of. Right. But I was working for myself. So I did like I did. I didn't knuckle through white knuckle it. So working externally, I would still I'd make myself kind of thing. Um, and then showing up for myself looked a bit differently, but there was all this guilt. So menstrual cycle wellness awareness really helped with like my mental well-being and how I saw my and understood myself. Um, and then that like hustle and that grind, like right now I'm in inner summer. I'm probably, I mean, inner fall, I'm probably on like day. I think I, I haven't checked in a couple of days. I'm probably on the, like day 24, 25 of my cycle, something like that. I'm pretty close to my bleed. And this is my, what I call my get shit done time. This is when I have got <laughs> the most 
hustle. And I will like run people down in this time because like I'm preparing to shut down. It's also when I practice like where I'm like, you need to downshift, you need to shift down. But like it, my hustle is so strong in this time. <laughs> like I can get it. All I done. love it. And what I love about, <laughs> again, about paint, it's just, it's when I get it done, right? You know, it's like, I don't need to strategize. I don't need to talk about it. It is not a great time for me to have meetings because I don't feel like I have any time <laughs> because I'm just like, I have to get it all done. It's my hustle period. Yeah. Um, we, we still yeah. have those cycles, right? It's a part of our cycle. It's yeah. just not the entire time. No, it, um, it, it's funny that you say that. So I think to, to like in the first part of your question, meaning I will say I'm still really super early in this, which in some ways is fun. I mean, kind of feel cheated, right? I feel like I tapped into this late in life and I'm like, what the heck? I couldn't have had, <laughs> like, there is so much power and like, to your point, like permission and beauty in knowing it, everything makes sense. You stop feeling like you're crazy and start realizing you're a part of nature we live in cycles, nature is in cycles, and like that, and it's common sense, and I know, like, and I'm not, I would say, on the woo spectrum, maybe a little more since the pandemic, I'm like, like, okay, where are my woo friends, but I'm not, like I mentioned, I grew up in Yorkshire, it's very, like, pragmatic, straight talking, like, no nonsense, like, it's a very, like, that, if I mentioned this to my dad, he'd be like, what are you talking about, <laughs> um, but I think, so I, I feel like in some ways I'm like, oh, I kind of missed out, but it's also like act two, right? We've got perimenopause probably in the next 10 years and then menopause and all this other stuff. I'm like, I'm going to rock this second part, even if like I kind of missed the first part. Um, but I think going back to like, so I don't, I tap it, like I will wake up, like I'll, three months will pass, like, oh, why am I not paying attention to this? Because I'm tripping up, I'm falling over myself. And I need to like tap back into this and kind of, you know, let that lead a little more um, instead of just trying to like go and force things. And I would say I'm probably like at that moment now where I'm like, I need to like stop pause and go back to this because for the last few months, we've just been doing a lot and trying to get a lot done. And it's kind of that end of year hustle, but I try and resist, but you're also like, but if we just get these things done by the end of the year, then we'll feel so much better. Um, yeah. And it's a trap. It's an absolute trap. But yeah, it's I almost just, um, it's almost like you need an app that would integrate with your phone calendar. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's exactly what I need. <laughs> Turns out, twenty eight has built one of those. And if you'd like Yay. to be a beta tester, you could do that from January. <laughs> Oh my God. Yes, please. That would be great. In fact, the whole Lola team needs to do it. Um, even though we're not all cycling. So I, I need to talk to you about how yeah. that works, but yeah. Um, well, there's actually yeah. flexibility in it and we could, I'm not going to spend the rest of this time plugging my app, but I will say that particularly in the season, I have been so appreciative of it because I did like put it in my calendar and the whole reason why we built the app is literally because like, for me, it, it's exactly that thing, right? Like a busy season like this, the we all know the holiday season is like crazy, intensely busy. So as opposed to me sitting down, like I don't use my period tracker 
to like plan my life. Right. And so as opposed to me, like trying to take those days and add them individually on my calendar or whatever, like do that manually. Uh, what we did was build something that with the click of a, you know, one button will integrate it week by week. Right. But it can actually be named whatever you want to name it, right? So it could be aligned with moon cycles, for example. Um, for me, mm -hmm. and what it's naturally labeled as is your inner seasons, right? So and in yeah. this season, mm -hmm. it's really been helping me to know like, okay, this is the busiest season of my life. But I know when my inner winter is coming, I'm highly aware that like, yeah, that this is my like, hardcore hustle week because it's my inner fall and also because yeah it's going to be like my last week that i can work like this and that it's going to be so important for me next week to like chill myself out a little bit um so that i can <laughs> yeah. then kick it back up because you know as parents also like christmas is christmas is like not um it's it's not relaxing right that's not a time of like let's just sit back and enjoy right like there's wrapping and opening and family and like the hustle begins again so yeah <laughs> no for sure well that i mean you're cracking me up because i think and again i'm tuning back in partly because i'm talking to you today and i was like i need to tune back in because i'm talking yeah. to carrie and to i can feel it like i can feel that i need to like stop and just reset and I'm probably a week ahead of you. And so last week I was insane. I was up till two or three in the morning and pushing and grinding. And I was, and as I'm doing it, I'm like, stop doing this. This is not healthy. Stop doing this. But I want to get the thing finished. Stop. So this is like but in see, a dialogue going. But <laughs> yeah. see, is it unhealthy though? I've been up every night this week in the same way. Why? This is when I do that. And I've been trying to really like, I know that it's like a little manic behavior, but I'm like, it's okay, Carrie, you're not going to be doing this all the time. Allow it, right? Like you may be mm -hmm. acting like a crazy person right now, but you know, you're going to stop, right? Like the Kate Northrup, you're yeah. going to do less soon and you know it. So just let yeah. yourself be a crazy person about your businesses because you love them and it's bringing you joy and you're a badass. Like, just do it. Be a nut right now <laughs> because you can, right? I, I have. I have the bandwidth, so whatever. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for the permission and thank you permission. for the validation. Because, <laughs> well, and you're right. Like this, so this, my son has allergies, and we took him to the doctor, and it's um, dust related. And apparently, the town we're in is particularly bad for certain things. So I was like, on a mission, I was like, we are, um, we have all these like stone walls exposed in the house which look really cute but are actually a disaster when mm. it comes to dusting oh, so yeah. i went full mission goggles hat sweeping brush like brushing down the walls i like tore the house apart and my husband's mm -hmm. like looking at me going did you take on too much did you need some i think you might <laughs> taken on too much and i said if i didn't finish it this weekend it was not getting done yep. i knew that i had this window and if i thought it's a pain, but if I thought I had to do it again next weekend, because I'd only done one of the bedrooms, it was like, it wasn't getting done. So yep. it was now or never. <laughs> yeah. So see, you knew that you had that knowing right internally yeah. anyways. Yeah. You were preparing yeah. to leave <laughs> some level. <laughs> I love that. But, um, well, yeah. I have a question no, no, for ahead. you. How have you interpreted or how have you integrated, I think is a better word this 
awareness of yours and how you work um, in the way that you work at the Lola or in the way that like people that work for you there, like how have you brought this to your work practice for the Lola and in the kind of work environment you're creating there? Yeah, I think it is, um, it's interesting. I mean, it's a work in progress for sure. And I think for anyone that is new to this, I think, you know, I, in the beginning, I didn't really understand or know or get what the things were. So I think just aware, like, having you come and talk like some like creating awareness and just talking about it I think is a really like important starting place and probably where most people are meaning most people are probably not aware and tuned in and following practices and cycles so I think for us and a lot and also our women are you know 30 to 50 is probably our core and we have members as old as 80 and as young as 25 so we have a real spectrum of where people are at but I would say that core which is kind of like my age that's not what we grew up with and that's not what we were taught and that's certainly not what is taught in corporate and a lot of people have left corporate and then started their own thing so I think talking about it and kind of normalizing it because I think people get and it's it shouldn't be woo right it's it's biology it's exactly it's it's like it's our health it's like our bodies like everyone's not the same but there's a lot of similarities um and so the fact that it's taboo and weird and like oh you're talking about your periods oh you're talking about cycles and the moon like it freaks people out but also I can't believe it's like not more normalized than it is yeah. so I think talking about it is important and I think again like as like our team is very like mixed in stages and cycles even in our small team and I know our membership too so I think it's also making sure that it feels like a conversation that everyone can have not just people that are cycling that can have yeah. um and and then I think the other piece of it is like I don't I think you have to learn your own pattern so you have to pay attention you have to write stuff down you have to track it in an app that's connected to your calendar um and and do and do all those things but there are some like easy building blocks that you can tap into and you can probably speak to these better than even I can but to your point like as you're you're in your molecular phase and you're coming into your um cycle you're going to be like check shit off let's get things done I'm going to complete projects um once you're in in your cycle I think it's more like strategy vision like forward thinking like um more intuitive uh, so I think it's like knowing those um different things help me out here what are some of the other ones in case people don't know <laughs> for the phases <laughs> yeah well, like okay, what, so what the things, like we're doing right okay so there's there's the hormone there's the actual like biological hormonal phases of the cycle the follicular well, the menstrual, follicular, ovulatory, luteal in that yeah. kind of direction, if you will. And then at 28-ish, we talk a lot about the inner seasons, right? And they're not exactly like one for one, but you can kind of think like inner winter is when you're in that menstrual phase. And then the follicular phase is this like kind of building phase where you would be in the inner spring. Inner summer is a bit longer than just the ovulatory. So there's some overlap with both um, the follicular and when you get into that luteal phase and then luteal phase being the inner autumn on that second part of the cycle, the kind of 
downward yeah. um, back into the uh, the menstrual part, which is back into the mm -hmm. inner winter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think, yeah. So knowing those phases and then tapping into like, when are you most creative? When yep. do you like, like when you're cycle, like on your period, like I do not want to see anyone. I do not want to talk to anyone, but you might come up with the best strategy ever. Yep. Um, knowing and, yourself, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. I think that's what, that's what I always tell people. Like, I can tell you like what I can tell you how I am. I can tell you how a lot of women are. I cannot tell you how you are because the second I mm -hmm. do, you're going to say, oh, well, I'm, I'm like this. And it's going to be true because like people are so different, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. And also like, if I like, I'll change, you know, I change like my hormones change and how I show up in them changes as well. So yeah, yeah. it really is about knowing yourself. It's so funny as well, because I think we're like, I've always worked in like marketing and at the center of marketing is data and insights, right? Mm. If you don't know, I mean, not that everything, like it's your point, like not everything's the same, not everything's on an insight, but directionally, you need to know that stuff to know where the heck you're going. And it's so logical in that sense. And then we don't apply it to ourselves. And I was, I was like, kind of laughing. I was like, I do this all the time and look at this stuff all the time yet I don't track it for myself that well and I and I put it off and I and and it's so powerful to have that information because it's nothing but freeing it's like oh that's why this is happening okay yeah. now I, then I can then you can go on with your day without worrying and thinking that something is wrong and to your point like last week it's like why am I up till 3 a.m what am I doing but actually that was the time to do it this week is not <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and you won't really know that about yourself unless you're tracking it and see the patterns. Mm -hmm. Right. And like, cause that mm -hmm. was my thing is like, I, I thought I was just so inconsistent, right? Like sometimes I'm manic and sometimes I'm not, you know, like I really thought I had issues and then I'm like, Oh no, no, I'm not. No, I don't. Like I'm pretty consistent. I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> consistent. Like I'm, I'm up till 2am working at it, like at the same time in my cycle every month, just not at the same time every week, you know, like, or every, every day or whatever. Like, no, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a very consistent person. It's just on a, you got to zoom out a little bit to see it. So, um, yeah, yeah. I, I want to say it. it's like loosely like planning, but then also leaving some flexibility and then also not trying to force it at the wrong time. If you don't yes. feel like recording the podcast episode, doing the interview, oh yeah, it, like plan, plan it differently. It's not always going to be perfect or possible, but you have some control. Yeah. Like do what feels good. Yeah. Well, and then there, yeah, because there's personality types too. Like, what is that? I think it was Gretchen Rubin, right? Mm -hmm. Remember her personality type stuff, like the rebel. <laughs> so mm -hmm. if you've got like a rebel personality, <laughs> you might be, you might like rebel as soon as you figure that out about yourself. And <laughs> like, I'm not yeah. doing that in that season anymore. Um, just like yeah. psychologically buck against yourself. Um, hilarious yeah yeah or and there's <laughs> things like um so there's a concept of crossover days oh, that are very tricky but those are like hormonal shift days where your mm -hmm. hormones are in flux and your hormones are always mm -hmm. kind of in flux but this is this comes from again from red school 
um, from this kind of psycho-spiritual approach to menstrual cycle awareness. And, you know, crossover days for me, how in my practice of menstrual cycle awareness, when I'm having a day in my cycle that is not like the others. And what it really is, is that shift in, in vibe for me, where I'm going from one thing to another, you know, so I might've been um, plodding along at a certain pace. So like how I'm going right now, work, 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 I'll hit a wall, right? Where I am crash and burn. And I know like, oh, okay, nope, no more of that, right? And that's usually, it can be a bit disruptive. Um, mm -hmm. And that's where this concept of like, what I really do respect about this whole do less thing and the, the, the concept of rest, generally speaking, like I try to practice rest just like always at this age is important, right? Because um, it can help to navigate that, that wall mm -hmm. hitting on a crossover day and in these hormonal <laughs> flux times, right? Um, and make that a little bit easier to navigate because um, crossover days can be, yeah, for me, they're normally like, you know, like one day, at each season that's really kind of hard and, and sticky and, it, and it's not going right. And then I can reset and just get with the mm -hmm. new, get with the new program of what, what I'm being called to or how I'm going to kind of um, be different and show, start showing up differently to, to work, to re relationships, to, you know, all the things that I'm doing, how I'm eating, like all the things that I do. Yeah. It's, and I think knowing it's a day, it's so nice because I think you can go down rabbit holes of you're on this kind of thing and you you don't kind of stop and say okay enough now we're doing this and I think knowing that that there is a shift to change and there are crossover days you're like okay like that's enough now we're gonna let it go talk it up and, and move in this direction <laughs> yeah, or practice some self-care right like yeah I mean that's the thing and as women we I'll speak from my own experience. Let that go first. As soon as the shit hits the fan, we are like, I'm going to not do those things. And of course, three or four days later, you're like, oh my God, what did I do that for? Now I feel terrible. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's like staying on track, even if it's just a stretch and some yoga on the day, you don't feel like doing a lot. Do it, do it, yeah. do it. Do it, but modify it like you're saying, mm -hmm. right? That's a big thing that we've been talking about on this podcast as well as like how to modify. So if you're, if you're, if you've got a routine and you're really into your exercise routine, for example, the exercise routine needs to change depending on where you're at in your hormonal cycle. It doesn't need to stop, might need to stop for a day from time to time, uh, but some people really don't even want to stop for a day, you know, like if you're training for an ultra marathon or something, I don't, I don't know. There, yeah. There's reasons sure. why some like, sure, sure. like there's some, um, I think the next podcast episode that's going to be published. Um, so by the time people hear this, they will have already heard it. Sh Shanique Allen's like a professional athlete, you know? And so like, there are mm -hmm. some times where you cannot stop. Um, and so, yeah. Um, but yeah. And that, even in. Modify. Those moments, though, I've done triathlons in the past, and every training program, marathons, triathlons, whatever it is, there are always rest days. There are always break, like work downs, work ups, whatever. Like, even the biggest athletes, we're not machines. We cannot keep going 
indefinitely. Like you have to like give your body a break. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Martine. I want to say um, again, I think I said it before, but I'll say it again. Thank you so much for the Lola, just for creating it, for making it just such a beautiful place, period, at all. I love it. It's a, it's a wonderful place. I'm so um, honored and happy to be a member. It's been a really wonderful um, networking, even though, like we said, it's not really quite the word. It's not enough of a word to describe what it is. Um, but yeah, a wonderful club to be a part of since I came, moved back here to Atlanta in a city that I'm from um, and have an entire network of people that I love and have known, grown up with, known my entire life and a rich network of family and support. Even with all of that, the Lola has just expanded my um, network and my base and my uh, my people, you know, so much, like enriched it so much upon coming back here and relocating back to the U.S. So thank you so much for that. And thank you for being a space um, that is so, you know, yeah, period positive and hormonal cycle <laughs> positive and of so course. supportive of 28ish and um, of the other businesses that are doing this work. So, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Um, and if anyone wants to take a tour, you can sign up on our website. It's linked in a bunch of places, but the first is an easy place to go. Um, and if you're not from Atlanta, we do have dig a digital only membership. So feel free. And we just launched a new one last week. Um, so feel free to uh, take a look at those. And we also have a new hybrid one, a digital plus. So there's options. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. This is Carrie, and I just wanted to drop in quickly to remind you to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review, and head on over to www.28ish.com to sign up for our newsletter. And remember, your cycle is more than your period. Bye!